and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a Michelin-trained chef and TikTok star on to chat about her potato obsession and how she faces internet trolls head on. She is a chef, content creator, cookbook author, and Food Network 2023 hotlister. It's Poppy O'Toole. Poppy, welcome to the podcast and a happy belated birthday to you. Oh, thank you very much. Only one day late, so it's not too bad. So that's yeah. all right. <laughs> well, I know last year you made a birthday cake made entirely out of potatoes, very yeah. on brand. How did mm-hmm. you celebrate this year? This year it was less potatoes, more champagne. <laughs> I'm on board with that. <laughs> I don't think it's too bad. I think there was there was definitely potatoes involved at some point, but yeah, I tried to be a bit classier. <laughs> okay. Well, both are both are accepted. So also congratulations on being named to Food Network's hot list for twenty twenty three. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Far too excited, running around, kind of <laughs> waving and flailing around. But yes, yeah, so excited and I can't believe it. It's a it's a very proud moment because I love Food Network. I mean, you know, obviously it's a bit different in the UK to US, mm-hmm. but I've always watched it. It's always on telly for me. So <gasps> it's very exciting. Well, congrats again. You are a Michelin trained chef turned TikTok s- sensation. Um, over 3.5 million followers to date. Can you kind of, for people that don't know or aren't as familiar can you share the story of your transition and how different your days look now (laughs) yeah yeah it's quite wild how different it is really so I have been a chef for about 10 years so I worked in pubs when I was younger in you know in the countryside I worked in a an old people's home in the kitchen making teas for everybody you know nothing really that glamorous and then I got an apprenticeship at a Michelin starred restaurant when I was 18 19 around that age And so I was there for about three years or so. So I worked my way up from apprentice to commie chef to demi chef to party. So I was making making my way through it. And then I just that's where I really fell in love with food. I loved food anyway. I'm passionate about food. I absolutely love it. But there was something about the kind of, you know, like gastronomic sort of Uh like there's so many things you can do with it. It's not just your delicious meals. It can be so sciencey and Mm -hmm. like really bizarre for me, but amazing. So after I left that job, I went to another place in my hometown of Birmingham in the UK. And then I moved to London because obviously as a chef, you are working about 70 hours a week. Like it is uh-huh. ridiculous. You know, you're there at <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning and you're going home at midnight with an hour in between for a break. So I found a job in London that was more like Monday to Friday and office hours because it was in a bank. Still fine dining stuff, but inside this bank. So I was there for a few years and I managed to become a junior sous chef there. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I joined a female members club in Mayfair. So I was a junior sous chef there. And then that got us to 2020. Um, <laughs> in March 2020, when the pandemic hit quite severely. Yeah. And obviously I thought, like I think with a lot of people in the UK, we thought we were all going to have like a couple of weeks off work. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we'll have a couple of weeks off. It'll be great. And unfortunately I was let go of my job because they were like, we're going to close down for a month or so. So we're just going to let go of everybody and we'll see what happens. 
And about a month later, they were like, okay, so now actually, yeah, you're, you're actually going. Like, we're not keeping anyone, so bye. So that was oh. really fun. And so then I started kind of just being like, what is it that I'm going to be able to do? You know, I felt a little bit helpless at the time because, of you know, it, it was just such a strange time, wasn't it, in the pandemic? Mm. And it was so terrible for so many people. And I was very lucky to be able to get back to my parents' house for a little while to spend some time with them and they had a nice big garden so I was like okay, I'd rather be there than in the middle yeah. of London with no <laughs> space to go um, so we were there and I just started making really basic recipes on TikTok because my little brother and sister were about 10 and 12 at the time mm-hmm. and they were just scrolling and I was like what are you doing what is that and I'd kind of heard of TikTok but not really <laughs> not really dived into it yet and I just wanted their, their attention mainly. So I was like, I'm going to do some oh. recipes. So we started off, we made some churros, we were making tomato sauces. And then when I realized that people were starting to follow and were enjoying the content and I could teach them, I don't know, how to cook a little bit better at home, you know, just mm-hmm. to just bring something, you know, do something good in a time that was really bad, even though it was just cooking, just spurred me on to kind of carry on at that point. And I just, just, that's where and now we've got to this point which is absolutely ridiculous (laughs) amazing but yeah it's just continued on from there and it's just blossomed into an amazing career and a passion for me yeah no and I, I think I think that's so important is that that passion really comes through in all of your videos and you can see and feel like how much you care about the subject and 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 what you're doing but but you mentioned you know like that time that was so difficult for so many people and losing your job and kind of, you know, upending your whole life. How did you stay positive? And what, you know, what was your inspiration aside from, you know, your, your siblings? (laughs) It was, I suppose it was, there was actually one of the recipes that I did with this tomato sauce. One of the key workers, I think they might've been a nurse or just a key worker at the time, Mm put a comment being like, thank you so much for this. It's been a really hard time. And my mm. family really enjoyed this. And it was a one time we could sit together. And, and I was just like, you know, mm. if this can make one, one, one person's day a little bit better, then I need to carry on. Also, the fact that if I didn't carry on, I would just be sat watching the Tiger King without doing anything. <laughs> so I, was like, I need oh to do my something. <laughs> I forgot about Tiger King. Wow. Yeah. I mean, was there a, was there a particular viral video or moment that really kind of pushed that follower count over the edge or is it more gradual over over the oh, course of the last no, couple it years took a while and then it went <laughs> huge so I was doing it for about six months and and you know you can I was obviously because I wasn't working so I was like oh how am I going to make money from this and then brands started getting into contact with me so they give I think the first job that I ever had, which was amazing, they gave me like £250 for a video. And I was like, this is it. Maybe if I can make (laughs) enough to like pay my half of the rent, I can just carry on doing this. That was like my idea. And then, so over the period of like six months, I think I got about 50,000 followers, which is huge. Like can't take away the fact that's massive. Mm -hmm. And then it was creeping up slowly. And then the UK went into another lockdown in November of 2020. So we had like Mm. two major lockdowns. And I was like, okay, well, I'd done a recipe previously of potatoes. And it was a first video to get a million views. And then I tested it again, a little another little recipe video of potatoes and near enough, almost a million views. So then when I heard about going into lockdown in November, I was like, okay, everybody's indoors. 
there is 25 days where they're not going to be able to leave the house. What can we do? Potatoes. It's got to be potatoes. So I did 25 days of potatoes, um, loads of different recipes. And I think we got to about like day 20 and I just did a little compilation of the potato recipes in the background and I just spoke over it in quite a posh voice. And that was it. <laughs> Overnight, I mean, you know, through the couple of weeks of doing the potatoes, I'd gained like 150,000 followers, which was, you know, we were just, wow. it was growing and growing and growing. And then I did this compilation video and overnight I got a million followers. Oh my gosh. A million followers. So I was like, <laughs> I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh my goodness, what's happened? Like my phone's going wild. What's going on? It was really exciting. But that was, I think the US <laughs> really came into its own in that one. I had so many followers from the USA. It was amazing. You know, we saw a trend on TikTok of like, I don't know, dance talk or comedy talk. And I just made potato talk or potato talk. <laughs> and people just wanted to join the cult of potatoes. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great cult to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, you know, what's the best part about going viral and, and what's the worst part about it? Because I feel like some people don't realize that, you know, there is, you know, some, some downsides to it as well. I mean, the best part is that I then, you know, have been able to continue with what I'm doing because obviously saying you've got like over a million followers. I know we're at 3.5 now, which is huge. Yeah. Which is absolutely bizarre. But you know, once you get past that point, it's kind of like, you know, you, I couldn't go back. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no, like, it, you've right. gone quite There's far no at that point. That. <laughs> it's quite big. So yeah. So I was excited to be like, this, this is now actually my job. You know, I've got all these people that I need to give brilliant, delicious recipes and content too. So that's my job now. And then, but obviously the more eyes that are on you, the more you open yourself up to criticism, the more you open yourself up to just people being nasty. Trolls. Trolls, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. trolls. Like, you know, so there was a stage where I was like, oh, this is quite a lot. It's a lot of pressure and it can be quite stifling to kind of want to carry on because it is like scary. And I remember the next few videos that I did after getting like overnight millions I was really worried I was, I was quite panicked about are people going to enjoy it is it going to end are people going to be like that was rubbish like you know the, <laughs> and and then you do get those sort of trolls come through but once you realize actually it doesn't matter like it really doesn't matter what someone who you have no idea is is saying like the only thing that they can really criticize is my food really and mm. that's up to interpretation. You know, right. do you really know what it tastes like? No, yeah, they're not don't. tasting it. <laughs> you have no idea. So I was like, well, you know what? This, it doesn't have to be so scary when you just, you've got to just let it go off. You know, you just got to let it roll off the back. Roll yeah. off the back. That's not a phrase, is it? What am I trying I to think, say? Water off a duck's back is what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, there we go. I knew what roll you meant. Off. <laughs> we'll start a new phrase. Roll yeah. off the back. Roll off the back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's let's focus on the positive because you do have such a huge, you know, fan base of adoring fans. Why do you believe that these people are so invested in you and just dedicated to helping you succeed? <laughs> I think. As much as it's like, oh, lost my job and everything, I think it's something that's been quite good to come out of the pandemic. We all, mm -hmm. I think as, as, as a species, we all want good things to happen and we all want hope and we all, you know, like a success story, I mm -hmm. suppose. And I've been so lucky that the audience that I've kind of 
grown around me have been those sort of people who are very supportive majority of the time and want to see you know me go from strength to strength which I'm very very lucky about and then and I just think also as well they're really good recipes and I've got a little bit of backing of being a chef do you know mm-hmm. like yeah I like to, you have I the like resume. to think that helps yeah, yeah exactly I like to think that helps <laughs> yeah I think it does too I mean you mentioned that that early comment that you got you know somebody cooking your recipe at home and and you know having this time with their family are, are there any other stories like that you can share that that have really touched you over the last couple of years yeah oh it was such a lovely story just before Christmas of I was last year now, 2022, I had a message come through from a mom saying like, my son is four and every night he has to go to bed listening to the potato lady. <laughs> and he calls me the potato lady, has to watch a video before. And I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. The fact that there's like four-year-olds wanting to hear the potato lady. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, absolutely. That is a hundred percent my brand. I will always be the potato lady. And, you know, just hearing the sweet kind of things and, and getting the young generation interested in food as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a lot of pictures come through of like, oh, this is my son or daughter, you know, making one of your recipes. And I just think that's so lovely that it's so attainable to different generations and different people around the globe now, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love that. I love teaching people. I love make, bringing happiness through food because it, it brings me happiness. So I want to bring it to everybody else as well. Yeah. Did you kind of bring that same attitude and approach to your cookbook, Poppy Cooks? Yes, absolutely. I did. So that the first cookbook, it, it's all about kind of the leveling up of your skills in the kitchen so it's it can be for novice cooks and also you know I was gonna say well-endowed cooks but that's completely not okay is it what, what? I don't know good good cooks yeah advanced yeah advanced is what I'm trying to say I get my words mumbled up so bad I love it so you know it goes through things that I think every cook and every chef should know so you know how to make a really good tomato sauce how to make a really good white sauce like a bechamel or a mm-hmm. cheese sauce how to make a mayonnaise how to make salad dressings how to make custards how to make pastries and then from those kind of like core recipes you go into like a staple dish using that core recipe and then mm. it goes into a brunch dish because everyone in lockdown got into brunches like brunch was a thing because <laughs> you're not getting up early enough to eat breakfast so it's no brunch. and there's a potato dish that goes with each of them and then like a fancy af dish that goes with them so you've got like a repertoire of ways to use certain techniques into different dishes and I think that's just a it was just a really exciting thing to do because that's how I think cookbooks can be really easy to use sometimes Mm -hmm. they can be a bit confusing so just being (laughs) like here's your tomato sauce here's some things you can do with it at some point I feel like there has to be just a potato book like in general right Absolutely. (laughs) I'm working to try and get that sorted. That's what needs to happen. I think it was weird because I got the book contract and deal through before I became Potato Lady. Mm. So I had to put it in. You know, I'd already done my proposal in a certain way. So I was like, can I put a potato into each one? They're like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I had to shove it all in, which was really good. So yeah, uh, eventually I do want to do just purely, purely the best, all of my best potato recipes into a book so that people can have it constantly. Yeah, I think it should be called The Potato Lady. (laughs) (laughs) Poppy Cooks The Potato Lady. (laughs) Poppy Cooks The Potato Lady. 
Poppy explains why she calls herself the potato queen and how this obsession for the vegetable made her a star when we come back. Let's dive in. Let's talk about potatoes. You are the potato lady, the potato queen, as you've also (laughs) called yourself. Your affection for this vegetable is truly unmatched. How did this love of potatoes develop or did you kind of just, you know, like you said earlier, kind of run with it when it be, you realized it was like a popular topic on TikTok? I mean, I've always been a big fan of a potato. Like who isn't to be fair? Like they are absolutely delicious. And I think (laughs) when I started seeing that, you know, people were interested in them, I think because they're so widely available to Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, they're a cheap ingredient, they're really versatile, they're delicious, they're filling. They're, they're not comforting. Sk- comforting, yeah. They're not like intimidating at all. Everyone knows what potato is. So being able to see people reciprocate my love for them, I was like, <laughs> I need to push this out even further. So yeah, so it, it, I've always been a fan of a spud. Like there's no getting away from that. I just was able to actually give recipes that I've learned throughout my years in kitchens and and throw them at the public which was great <laughs> <laughs> what what is your favorite way to prepare potatoes i'm really basic now i know i do a lot of different recipes and i know sometimes that you know you've got the 15 hour potato which is my mm. one of the most viral recipes i've ever done which is incredible but i love it but you can't beat for me a roast potato mm. i love a roast potato i just think they are absolutely delicious and, and in the uk we have Sunday roasts every single week. So every Sunday we get, I don't know, a leg of lamb, pork belly, chicken, beef, you know, and you do all your all your trimmings with it. So roast potatoes, all your vegetables, everything. But the standout to every Sunday roast is the potatoes. It's got to be the potatoes. So I love them. They're crispy and golden on the outside. They're fluffy in the middle. They're like a square chip. I don't know, you know, <laughs> or, or what is it? Fry, not Fry. chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say either. Yes. Wait, wait, so what is the key to like absolutely the, the crispiest potatoes that have the creamiest like inside? So I use a starchy potato. So I believe it's a russet or an Idaho mm-hmm. in the US. Those what do you potatoes. call it there? Maris Piper. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird. <laughs> it's weird because when I was writing the books, we obviously we sell it in the US and UK and Canada in different places. And I had to do the conversions of what things were. And I was like, there's no Maris Pipers. What? what what's going to be the closest things? I did a lot of research. So yeah, russet and Idaho okay. into, into your, for your potato because they're nice and starchy, which mm-hmm. means they get fluffy, which is good. So then you're going to parboil them. I boil them for a little bit longer. So they're they're a little bit more tender because I really like the crispy. They're like, it's almost falling apart because mm. then you get all these little nuggets of crispy deliciousness. And then really hot oil in a tray. I use vegetable oil or sunflower oil, but you can also use goose fat, duck fat. Mm. Very good because they've got a very high smoking point. So you can keep them in there really hot. And then once I've parboiled them, I drain the potatoes and then I leave them in the colander or whatever you drain them in. Put, put a tea towel or something over the top to keep the steam in. Mm. And then that kind of dries them because you want them to be dry. It sounds weird, steaming, but it's drying, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get super dry on the outside and you get them into the hot oil and they crisp up beautifully. And in the middle, they're just fluffy and just crumbly. Oh, it's making me quite hungry, actually. <laughs> I know, me too. I think I, I'm pretty sure my stomach just growled. <laughs> what is your favorite potato video to date or recipe that you've done? That's a difficult one. Oh, I think actually, 
I'm a bit onto like a Hasselback hype at the minute. Mm, okay. And I think they're absolutely lovely. And the video that I did recently, I did 12 days of Christmas potatoes mm. for people to, you know, kind of do for their Christmas dinner or for your Thanksgiving dinner. And I did these Hasselbacks with honey and garlic glaze. And they, I think it got like, you get like 11, over 11 million views. Something oh my goodness. stupid. And I now am on a Hasselback hype because it is delicious. And that little <laughs> bit of sweetness that comes through with a bit of honey and they're going to garlic, delicious. Garlic and butter and potatoes just work all so well. So all of that mixed together with a bit of honey. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Sounds Beautiful. so good. Are, are there any myths or misconceptions about potatoes that, that you would like to address? We're giving you your soapbox. So, you know, get up there and, and, and tell us why potatoes are so great and why anybody that thinks otherwise is wrong. Well, I think they get a bit of a bad stick for being like unhealthy, mm-hmm. but they're not. I mean, they're not really. If You know, if you are having a dish that has any sort of carbon, you know, like a pasta, rice, potatoes they're not that bad like for some reason i think they've been really treated with like this scary sometimes with like mm-hmm. diet fads it's like you can't have you can't have the potatoes you can they're fine <laughs> they're natural they're from the ground like they in essence they're better for you than something that's processed so have the potato enjoy it and slather it in butter and salt and garlic and live your life the way you want to live it <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm team potato for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm curious too about you talked about the the cookbook shoot and and all that. What what is your favorite part about just that process of of writing and developing recipes and 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 kind of seeing all of that come to life in a book? It's really bizarre. It's really bizarre because obviously I never expected to be doing this sort of stuff. You know, when you're in a kitchen, you kind of dream of writing a cookbook one day or having a restaurant that's kind of like the end goal or getting Michelin stars so to have that happen so much quicker than I was ever expecting it to or even thought it would happen has been incredible so I think the you know being able to develop recipes as well and have you know some things that you think will work may not work and testing and it's just it's just like getting into going into all of my I don't know little boxes in my head of all the different places that I've worked at what did you know did that work would that happen with that would that be nice and trying to develop these recipes is is really good fun it's quite tedious but it is good fun you know sometimes you do get a bit stuck but it's really lovely to kind of get those creative juices flowing again because when you're making content every day it can be a bit you know I'm on my own I just Mm -hmm. sit on my own and it's very, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that I'm doing it. It's incredible. But it's good to have, you know, I've got a team like with the publishers and help with recipe developing and food stylists. So, you know, you get a bit of like being back in a kitchen of like back and forth of ideas, how can mm. we make this better? So it, it's so it's really good fun. And I've got a great team that help help with it as well. And you mentioned, obviously, the, the constant content that you're still putting out as well. How do you balance all of that? Badly. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to say that I'm really, I would love to be like, yeah, I dedicate three days a week to developing recipes and making content. And I like to dedicate the other four days a week to my, but no, I'm really not. I'm messy and unorganized and always in a rush and always late and always just, just, just winging it and hoping for the best. (laughs) But I'm trying to be better. Part of my new year's resolution is to be better at it. So I bought a little journal. 
so I can write things down. Let's see how long that lasts. It'll be a week and then it'll be on a pile of books somewhere. But I'm trying. I really am trying. (laughs) I mean, do you ever get, do you get to take like days off or, or is it just kind of, you're always working? I think I do. I do definitely take days off, but I always like to keep, you know, because I have Instagram as well, as well as TikTok. Mm-hmm. So it's quite fun to just kind of on my days off of like not doing content and not cooking. I kind of like to give my audience on Instagram, like, you know, ask me questions. Do you, mm-hmm. you know what you're having for tea today? <laughs> you know what you what you eating? You know, so I'm always kind of engaging in something. But yeah, yeah, sometimes I do get days where I get to sit in my pajamas and eat biscuits and watch rubbish telly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your time in in kitchens as well, because obviously mm-hmm. a different kind of, of hard work, right? And you started your apprenticeship in a Michelin star restaurant. You were just 18 years old. What kind of challenges did you encounter, you know, specifically as a young woman trying to establish yourself as a professional in that world? Yeah, it's it's very intimidating and I was the only woman in there Mm. um and you know you do think like oh I'm gonna have to be quiet and say the right thing and do the right thing and and after a little bit once you get to know the people in there you you can it's all right but there are are things that happen and, and whenever I do a post about you know what's kind of happened to me in the past well at the time I didn't really think twice about but on reflection you go actually that's in, in different places that I've worked together, that's actually not okay, really, mm-hmm. for a young a young lady, a young woman to go into these environments and that happen. I, and I never, I don't want that to stop for everybody. So I do like to keep quite vocal about it. And whenever I hear about, you know, the toxic environments that people are in and if there's any stories, that come, I always want to talk about it because we mm-hmm. need to always speak about it. Otherwise, it's never going to stop. Yeah. And it's the same for men and women, obviously, but then women do have this heightened, you know, vulnerability in terms of sexual assault that can come, you know, the, the misogyny that comes with it. So it's not just, just being in a toxic environment. Mm. You get these other layers to it, which is terrible, but I think it is changing and I think it's stopping. And I think the more, again, we speak about it, Mm -hmm. the better it will be. Yeah. I mean, you've been very open about it, as you've mentioned, the sexism and just, you know, all all like comments that you've received and 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 like, honestly, like actions that have been taken by men in power positions. What, what is I mean, you say it's getting better, but what's your hope for this accountability and, and it also, you know, getting, you know, better? I just I don't know what the solution is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the solution is that people change and people stop doing it, which... <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> will that, it would be lovely if people went, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to be this horrible person today. But I don't think that's 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 not what's going to change. What's going to change is the people around that situation and how having, you know, relationships with your co-work, not, not relationships, but like friendships with your professional, co-workers, yeah. professional relationships with your co-workers, and having people stand up for the right thing that's done, you know, and and because when when you've worked in kitchens and I don't know you see something that's wrong, you, de- you never say anything. Do you know what I mean? You know, you're mm-hmm. all you all, and you can look around and be like, why is he not saying? Why is she not saying anything? And everyone's terrified to everyone's do something. Scared, but yeah. whereas I think people and definitely the younger generations are far more far more better, far better at just saying that's wrong, you know? Yeah. And I think 
as we go along in time, that generation who are very confident in standing up for the rights will eventually push all of the rest of it out. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for, for somebody who might be in a similar situation? Make yourself feel safe. If you don't want to be in that environment, do not be there. You know, it's never worth, it's never worth your job. It's never worth being like, oh, I'll get these credentials to not be happy. Mm-hmm. It's never worth it. And the best thing you can do is be better and leave or, you know, leave that environment and and do better and show them that actually that didn't work, Mm. you know, and also just expressing as much as it's going to be embarrassing and feel awkward and feel wrong. You know, it does feel wrong when you kind of like tell your superior or something, you know, you know, when you're like, these are your superior, not meant to say anything. No, just tell them and then walk out. That is their loss. They're yeah. the ones that have done this, you know, and it's really, it's so much easier to say that because I never did that. I never yeah. had that confidence, but I never, I was never in, you know, some, some of the horror stories that I get sent. I was, I've, I can only go from what I experienced, Yeah, but some of them are so terrible and so vulgar and horrible. And I just don't want anyone to be in that situation. And as soon as you can get out, get out, you know, yeah. it's never worth it. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned this before, but you I mean, you really do face criticism and and the things that you've experienced in the past, like head on. You're very you know open about what happened to you, posting even rude comments that you still get. Yeah. <laughs> why, I mean, why is it important, do you think, to to make those things public and kind of force that conversation for people? I think because when I was doing when I was in kitchens and when I was getting into food, I never really saw anyone who was I never really saw I don't know, maybe because I wasn't into social media so much. I never really saw many women, female chefs really talk about it mm-hmm. because I know, I know for a fact it's easier not to. I know that for a fact because I did the same at some points, you know, yeah. when I was there, I never said anything. So I just want to be there for people who may have similar situations to what happened to me, you know, being told that I only got my job because the guy fancied me, that I wasn't worth it, that I wouldn't have a job after the age of 25 because you're going to get pregnant and I was going to want to employ you. You know, just this weird, it's not, I mean, it's not what some people experience and, and they get far worse, but it was still kind of like, kind of pushes you back a little bit and knocks your confidence when you're just trying to do what you love. So if I can just speak about it so that if that's happening to anyone they can realize actually that doesn't matter you know it's not going to affect me I can tell these people to shut up <laughs> and I can still do you know and there's someone else fighting my corner as well and that's what I want to be doing for people mm-hmm. what kind of feedback and and messages and comments have you received since you know kind of posting about some of these stories it's mostly very, very positive. It really is. And mostly like, thank you. You know what? And I've had a lot of female chefs come forward and be like, I kind of thank you for kind of sharing it because I thought it was just me or I thought this was only happening to, you know, the people around me. So it's, it's just showing that, you know, there's, there's more people here to listen to you and to speak about it. And it's not just you and you shouldn't feel afraid, whether you're man, woman, Mm -hmm. anything, you know, you should be able to at least say, I'm, unhappy in this situation I don't want to be doing it and also you know we want to I want people to be working in kitchens Mm -hmm. I really want that you know there's a shortage of chefs in the UK at the minute because of the hours because of it being quite a toxic environment and that has to change because I love food I love cooking 
and mm. I want to give people that passion as well. But yeah, I get a lot of messages, mainly positive and mainly just, you know, kind of enjoying the open conversation that we can have. I think it's important for sure. And, and as you mentioned, it's, you know, it's a toxic environment to yeah. begin with. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Like, why does it have to be such a crazy toxic environment? I don't know. I really, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously there's, there's obviously stress when it's someone's business and, you know, it's their baby, I suppose. Mm-hmm. They obviously want it to do very well. Like that's, I get that. There's, there's that surface level stress. And I think without that kind of, you know, um, drive to want your business to do well it would be a bit rubbish you do want to have passion about it and you want your team around you to be as passionate as you are I just think there's definitely a way of doing that and normally it's through you know happy (laughs) happiness (laughs) is always better but I think there's a lot of back you know back years ago in different decade you know it was quite I don't know glamorous to be you know, the chef that goes out to the restaurant and goes, get out, you know, you're not eating in here if you don't like the food. I think that's done now. I don't think people want to do that. And everything's so much more casual, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the way it's going. So I do think that it's filtering out. And obviously, yeah, like I said, you want your staff to be passionate about it. You just need to do that in a constructive way rather than ruling in fear doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it just makes people on the edge and it makes them more panicked about things and it makes more mistakes happen. It's always better when, you know, people make mistakes. You're human. That should be fine. You shouldn't be scolded for it for like weeks later. (laughs) Would you ever go back to a kitchen? Like if it was your own restaurant, is that, is that in the cards for you or? Yeah, it's a really weird one. I do, you know, you do get this like, um, buzz from it you know you get this adrenaline rush on being Mm -hmm. on a service and it can be incredible so yeah absolutely I really want to get into doing some pop-ups and stuff like that and just Mm. you know I don't know if right now considering how unorganized messy (laughs) and late I am to think if I could actually handle having my own place at the minute (laughs) but down the line when I've got my life when I'm sorted and I've used my journal for a few years and (laughs) I can actually do things then I should be all right I'd love to I'd love to have something even just so it's like teaching people just somewhere that, you know, I can teach more people face to face how to cook and maybe just do services or something. Eventually, that would be great. So what is next for you? So I have a book at yes. some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully another book would be great. Mm-hmm. And also coming out to the US soon as well. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing, so excited, I'm going to be doing the Oh, what is it called? The Food Festival in Miami. Which oh, I don't, yeah, the what, South I don't Beach Food and Wine Festival. Yes, yeah. which is so exciting. That is so exciting. exciting. I've never been to Miami before, so I'm really looking forward oh, to it. Oh, my gosh. What are you going to be, what kind of event are you going to be doing at the festival? So I'm doing a, I'm doing the, the main stage cooking, I think. Oh, nice. You see, this is what I mean. I'm not organized <laughs> enough to know. What, I don't even know the name you're of it. Just, it's you just know you're going to be there. You're going to be I'm there. I'm going to be there. I know what I'm cooking. I don't know if I know the date. <laughs> <laughs> it's in February. <laughs> it's in, yeah, I know. I think it's, yeah, I know it's in Feb, but I don't know the rest of it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just rock up and hope for the best. <laughs> Literally, my whole life is just rocking up and hoping for the best. I I mean, I think that the, it's worked for you so far. So, you know. Yeah. If, it, if it's working, don't change it. Yeah, exactly. if, it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to be cooking? Oh, so I'm cooking from the book. 
because I want to do something that's really quick and I can do everything in the, I think you get 20 minutes or so. I want to do everything in that time. So I'm going to do my other, I think I call them other blooming cardo wraps. So it's, (laughs) you know, you make some flatbreads, which are made in those 20 minutes. So I'm going to show people how to make it with a couple of ingredients. It's really fun. And it's halloumi, avocado, burst cherry tomatoes, just really nice, brunchy, lunchy, Miami flavors (laughs) (laughs) no it sounds perfect well wait no there's no but no potatoes involved no potatoes I couldn't I was thinking you know I can't really make them in under 20 minutes it's quite difficult and I think it's quite nice to show a recipe from start to finish from start to finish okay all right well next next one maybe we'll have to we'll we'll do a potato one you could have just have like a full potato event <laughs> that's what I think like a, a potato tear and share event. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like different vendors and and like yeah. everybody's doing different types of potatoes. I mean, I think I think we're on to something here. Yeah, we we'll do the potato <laughs> festival. That's what it needs to be. Yes. Oh my gosh! I love it. I love it. And it'll go along with your your potato book. That'll be the third book. <laughs> <laughs> potato lady. Well, it's been so so fun talking to you. We do have a few rapid fire questions that we're gonna finish things off with, and then we have okay. one final question for you amazing okay best french fry type or i guess should i say chips <laughs> yes just <laughs> just best type like do you like the thin thick curly right. okay i was i was going way too deep into that question <laughs> you're like yes just all of them <laughs> all of them i love a thick fry a thick, a thick chip from the fish and chip shop in the uk they're my favorite okay. all right what's your favorite fish and chips shop that's a tongue twister fish and chip shop on my local one actually it's called the cod scallops it's very good okay <laughs> love it <laughs> your favorite follow on tiktok drew barrymore oh she followed me oh. and people say that me and her look alike you do you do and i'll take that and then have you been on her show no, I was. We tried to, but because of different restrictions, we couldn't do it. But I did message her and said, "If you ever want me to stand in as you know do- doppelganger, <laughs> You're double. I'm very happy." Yeah. You're stunt uh-huh. double. Yeah. <laughs> Dream travel destination. <gasps> oh, you know what? I'd love to go to. I'd love to do Asia. Mm. Is I'd love to just travel. You know, see Thailand and Vietnam and. Loads of other places that are there. I can't think from the top of my head now. I've forgotten the whole of the geography. <laughs> forgotten all of it, but I'd love to see more more Asian cooking. Basically, I want to go for the food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Like, that's why we travel, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is your Hogwarts house? I think I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. I think I give Hufflepuff energy. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I can see that. How do you take your tea or coffee? Coffee black with nothing in. Mm. I don't know why. I think I'm just so used to when you're in a kitchen, the first thing you have is an espresso or an Americano. That's it. So that's my go-to coffee. Or I am a pumpkin spice latte. You are. (laughs) It's one or the other. No in between. And very different. (laughs) Very, very different. And then tea is two sugars and a little bit of milk. A little bit Bit of of English breakfast tea. Yes. And the kitchen tool, (laughs) kitchen tool everyone needs to have. A potato peeler, a speed peeler. <laughs> you have to have it. I've seen, you know, obviously, like my my nan and my mom, they peel with a knife, and mm. it's great, very good technique. But <laughs> peeler straight Do you away. Like the nice the, the Y peeler or like the yeah, straight the Y, okay. yeah, the y peelers. I just think that they're really handy, and you can peel those things, and you can like peel cucumber, not cucumber. 
Yeah, you call it cucumber. You could, you could do it, yeah. Cucumber. Okay, yeah. I was thinking zucchini is courgette, isn't it? No. Yeah, so peel cucumber to ribbons and you can make nice salads with yeah, it. Yeah, that's so true. It's a very handy tool. Yeah, you can do a lot of yeah. things with it. Basically uh, good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last question is not rapid fire. You can take as long as you want on okay. this. We ask everybody the same question. Everybody has a different answer. So it's always fun to hear everybody's answers on this. What would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to hear like ideal breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. You can travel, time travel, you know, calories don't count. Like there's no rules. So whatever your idea. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So I think, ooh, okay. Breakfast. Breakfast, I would be, we are doing breakfast, lunch, dinner. Is that right? Yes. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, all of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Breakfast, I would have, I love Eggs Benedict. Mm. Love eggs Benedict, but yes. I do. Oh, what's it called when you have salmon on it? Eggs Royale. Oh, okay. Sorry, eggs <laughs> Royale. So you know you have your English muffins, poached egg, your smoked salmon, and hollandaise sauce. Love yes, that little bit of so lemon good. with an americano uh, <laughs> and a nice freshly squeezed orange juice. Yeah, my kind of go-to. And then lunch, I would go for a selection of chicken wings. I just love chicken wings; they're my favorite thing. So I'd go like buffalo hot chicken wings we need like a barbecue chicken wings we need a sticky kind of jack daniels glazed chicken wings selection quite a large sl- okay. selection just like a mm-hmm. platter of wings platter i need the blue <laughs> cheese dip i need yep. the celery and then i think i could probably just that just that might yeah. actually okay. just suffice for lunch probably with a cherry coke Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for dessert from lunch i'd have a little bit of ice cream okay a bit of mint choc chip ice cream okay because you can have dessert for lunch i think that's sure i think that's perfectly fine no rules and then for <laughs> dinner ah oh, dinner's hard because i like a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> well you can have multiple that you know you can throw throw a couple things okay. in there if you want we're going to do a three-course dinner set i love it so to start off with we're going to have french onion soup because oh, i just love french onion soup with the you know the big stale baguette in it with loads of gruyere cheese like the whole like the proper tradition and we'll have a coupe de champagne with that of course because why not oh. <laughs> then for the main course oh no this is hard it changes every single time when everyone it changes constantly i think Oh my goodness, what am I going to eat for my main course? I've already had my chicken wings. Oh no. <laughs> I think I'm not even going to keep it classy. We'll just go for no. one. I'd want a I think I'd want a burger. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> sometimes the burger's great. <laughs> sometimes just the right burger, but like smash burger. I like thin yes, patties. I was just going to ask you what kind of burger. I love a smash burger. Smash burger and with the onions in there as yeah, well. Yeah, like Loads smash them right in. Yeah. <sighs> And like, but we want like three patties. We want, I want mm. like a good hefty amount, some crispy bacon in there. No salad. We're just going pure meat and cheese and bread yeah. with some, oh, I'm going to go thin fries. I'm going to go okay. like French fries, fries okay. with it. And I've got, I've got like, I don't know. I want a milkshake. I'm going to have a milkshake. Yeah. With it. It's going to be an Oreo milkshake. Love okay. an Oreo milkshake. And then on the side though, I would actually have a little Caesar salad. Okay. I'm really I'm a big fan of the Caesar salad. Yes. That's just a little side bit. Okay. And then for dessert, I'm going to go a lemon meringue pie. Okay. Sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. Plenty. Of, you know what? That sounds like a normal average day of food to me, actually. <laughs> 
You know, well, it sounds like a lovely day of food for sure. <laughs> it sounds delicious right up my alley, especially with the, the champagne and the French onion soup and the burger. Yeah. The wings. I mean, the whole thing. I, I love a Benedict, too. We're we're definitely on the same page. So we'll have to we'll have to have a brunch sometime when you uh, make it to New York. <laughs> it's going to be a buffet style brunch so we can yes, get through everything. We'll just get all of it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, uh, well, Poppy, it was so much fun talking to you. It's so awesome to hear and see all of your success and I'm sure it's just the beginning oh I hope so yeah this is amazing thank you so much for having me and I'm so excited and happy to be on the hot list and everything and just yeah thank congrats You can catch more of Poppy on Instagram at Poppy underscore cooks and on TikTok at Poppy Cooks. And make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. 